Your grace is like holy water, Lord, on our skin. That your forgiveness, Lord, is sweet. Lord, that your grace is something we never want to take in vain. And Lord, your grace is really the only thing that changes anything in the world. And you are glorious. And we are here this morning to declare your glory. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Church, tell the Lord how much you love Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We give glory and honor to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, praise the Lord. Thank you for the worship team. Give them some encouragement. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, and uh, let, me, uh, let me welcome each one of you. I know there are a few of you who are new with us, and uh, this is a Vision Sunday. What that means is we're going to take a few minutes to look back on the last 12 months and to see what God has been doing, and also to look ahead to the next 12 months to what God we believe, wants to do in our congregation and in and through each of us. And so uh, it won't be a traditional sermon, but I believe by the end of it, you will be fired up by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit, and that uh, you will be encouraged. So we're going to start by just reminding ourselves of the truths of the faith that we share, things that have endured and that will endure for all eternity. So let's say the Apostles' Creed together. Uh, let's recite it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of all saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That's how good it is, folks, right there. That's how, that's what we have. Uh, in the Lord Jesus. So uh, today our agenda, let me just sh- tell you what we're going to do. Um, so we're going to start with a look at last year. Can you advance that? Yeah, we're going to look at last year uh, and I'm going to update our vision and strategy. Then Jamie's going to take that and look at what we're practically going to look at doing in 2020, what we feel the Lord has led us into. Uh, Mark is going to talk about measures and community then I'm going to come back and talk about taking our next step and we're going to pray and dedicate this year to the Lord. And then uh, when we're done that, we're going to close our service and this isn't going to take long, but we're going to do a security drill, uh, which we do periodically around here and with the events in Texas uh, that happened last week, uh, we just want to be ready for uh, the unlikely event that something uh, violent would happen here but we're going to have Mark take us through our procedures for that. So, to start off with, we're all about the kingdom of God. The purpose that we walk with Jesus is to glorify the Father by seeking the kingdom first and uh, His righteousness and then walking in that with Christ. And the reason we have this graphic here is we remind ourselves that the, the, the Christian faith in the early stages, was called the way. It was the way of Jesus. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So we remind ourselves that it's not about Marymount Community Church. It's about the way of following Jesus. And we're going to give him all that we've got because he gave us all that he had. Right? So uh, let's look at what's been going on around here. And I I first want to welcome three new families in our new members class who have embraced what the, new, what, the, what the New Testament says 
about being part of a local church. And there are five commitments that our members make. And uh, so we've got uh, the Berger, the Gallardi, and the Wells family. If you're here, would you just stand? And we want to encourage... Yeah, we want to encourage you. Stay standing. Stay standing. We're just going to... Let's just put our, our hands towards these, uh, these families. Lord, we thank you for the Gallardis, uh, the Burgers, and the Wells. We thank you for their commitment to Christ and the way that encourages us that they've embraced your high kingdom calling and all that that means. And we, we bless them, Lord, in the power of the Spirit to walk in these commitments and to walk in their relationship with you and uh, to bless and be a blessing to this congregation, we ask in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Bless you. All right. Well, last year on Vision Sunday, we said there was a singular opportunity that we had as a congregation, and that was a more outward posture. I mean, Jesus is so awesome, and God is so good, and it's so great to be together and to worship. It's easy to become a holy huddle and to lose our relevance. And so we committed ourselves last year to move outward as a church. And we've already been outward, but just in, in greater measure. Uh, we expressed that in uh, more prayer. Back up. Yeah, more prayer for those who are far from God because it all begins with prayer. Starting more spiritual conversations being bold in our faith, and also being bold to invite people to experience what we're experiencing with Jesus. And that would be things that would all lead to making more disciples, which is, of course, what Jesus asked us to do, to make disciples of all nations. And there's somebody who's enthusiastic about what's going on. Yeah! All right. Let, let the truth come from the mouth of the babe, huh? So what happened uh, this year is up on here. But let me just start with how many healings we had. How many amazing uh, testimonies we received in baptism and in baby dedications uh, over the course of the year. New believers, I think we had six baptisms, uh, new believers in our midst. And uh, that is new life. That is new life. And that is worth celebrating. But... We also trained 30 of our congregation in disciple-making movements in three different classes. We completed 36 outreaches so far. Our goal uh, from May of 19 to May of 20 is 50 outreaches. Uh, we do it on the school year. But so far, we're at 36. Uh, Ten of them were with the preschool. And now uh, two preschool families are becoming part of our congregation uh, we, we had a big outreach with, uh, within the community, the tree lighting. Uh, we had over uh, 1,400 cookies distributed. Uh, uh, about 40 went caroling. And on Christmas Eve, we had 600 people from the community attend our services. We only had 150 of us there. So there were 450 people who are not regulars at, at Marymount. We don't know if they're regular at all. But they got a really sweet dose of Jesus and what it means and who awesome, how awesome Jesus is. We completed with new mission uh, the Saturate 45227 where we distributed the gospel in film and in, and in written word to 9,000 households in our postal code. We had over 60 of us involved in that outreach and we also worshipped on August 18th with New Mission uh, at Madison uh, Recreation Center, which was a, a tremendous testimony to racial reconciliation uh, that is possible with Jesus. That's the banner over there that we were uh, built that service around. And so uh, we're moving outward. And uh, we also had an, an amazing year in seeking and finding an associate pastor for our congregation. And I want, the, I want the Moors to stand up. Stand up. And we are glad you are here. Amen. Woo. Uh, we, as a congregation, through the ministry of blesseveryhome.com, 
we are praying for 1,200 families. Uh, now, if you aren't familiar with what I just said, there's a website called blesseveryhome.com. You can go on there and you can begin to be a light in your neighborhood and the, the, the program will feed you the names and addresses of your 40 or 50 or 70 closest neighbors and you can, they'll send you an email every day. You pray for five of your neighbors every day. And uh, it's, it's all, it's really convenient. And you get a scripture for each of your neighbors. So you pray through that. Uh, and we already know that's opening doors in our neighborhood with people we've been praying with now for almost a year. Uh, so that's uh, uh, another move that's happening. In greater Cincinnati, we've become part of a prayer canopy. This is 34 ministries across the city and in northern Kentucky erecting over the city a virtual canopy of prayer. Uh, we had in November, the numbers for December aren't finalized yet, in, in, in November, 300 plus hours of prayer, 600 plus people involved in praying for our city. And uh, here at Marymount, we, we had October, November, December, all of them were at 24 hours. Now there's a number of these days that are not 24 hours yet, but we are. And we had 41 people involved in October, 48 in November, 51 in December. We've already had a number of new people sign up for January. The prayer guide's on the Connect desk. We invite you to, if you haven't been praying, to take the prayer guide, sign up for an hour once a month, and uh, we're working with all the other ministries to get their days to 24 hours. So there's 24 hours uh, every day, every week, all year over our city praying for revival. And we know that every significant revival that's ever happened in history began with a movement of prayer. So this is what we're hoping will happen uh, here. So a a really good uh, year for making disciples. And this is uh, all these results are... Uh, in, in large part due to the Lord's faithfulness, but also these leaders who have dedicated themselves to serve our church and our community. Um, and so you've got from children all the way to the women's ministry, uh, the people who are leading out ministries, uh, two newer ministries that we haven't highlighted a whole lot, uh, Grief Share uh, with Mary Wiseman and Jan and their team, uh, has already spread to another church uh, in Madisonville, and hugs helping urban girls succeed. Now Stevens Ministry. Anyway, all these ministry leaders, would you just stand? Because I want to encourage you and pray for you. All of you, go on ahead and stand. Come on, come on. All right, all right. Let's let's pray for them. Father, we thank you for these leaders who give of their time, talent, and treasure. Uh, to steward important ministries that are reaching into our community for the hurting, uh, for the marginalized, Lord, for prayer, for pastoral care, uh, Father, for meals ministry, all the various ways that our small groups are building into people. Lord, we bless these leaders and we ask them, Lord, as they uh, serve you in 2020, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and encouraged Uh, in their work. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, now our next thing I want to just review for last year is just the teaching ministry of the church. Uh, we, We believe in teaching for obedience. So a sermon that is entertaining is helpful. Uh, that has a lot of information is even more helpful. But that we as followers of Jesus obey is the ultimate objective. James in chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not be merely hearers of the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And that's our heart in our teaching ministry. So this year we taught through uh, a, a good balance of Old and New Testament. We had also a balance of messages that dealt with our life up with God, our worship life, our prayer life our life in the body of Christ and how we can serve and love each other, and our life out to the community. 
And uh, we had 14 different speakers this year. Uh, Our staff, elders speak. We have international speakers, mission partner speaking. And uh, I just don't want to hog this because you need to hear from a variety of voices. So I am am in the pulpit about 60% of the time. And don't, no more jokes about how they pay me not to preach. Uh, but these 14 different speakers gave you a perspective through the Word of God from, like I said, all over the world and all different walks of life that would encourage you. And our goal is that you would every year receive the whole counsel of the Word of God, as Paul said, all of it, the difficult passages. Uh, the ones that are hard to understand, and certainly the ones that are countercultural and difficult to obey. But nevertheless, the Word of God, we don't take any shortcuts on that. And uh, we try to give a, challenge up, a challenging application focus. And your testimonies through the year, we stop a number of our services just for testimonies. Last week, that was the case. We had some amazing testimonies uh, from our people in how God's Word and the Spirit is shaping us. So, now just as a little test, if you grew significantly last year, spiritually, in whatever way you may have been seeking God, would you just stand up and give a testimony to your brothers and sisters? If you grew spiritually last year, just go ahead and stand. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you are so good. Thank you for growing these brothers and sisters. And we ask God for more in 2020. So here's a little bit of what we did. If you weren't with us, this series looked at how to build a multi-generational family team that is on mission for the gospel and making an impact in our respective communities, whether it's our workplaces, neighborhoods, families, extended families. And that's what Building Strong Families was all about. Then we moved into a time of seeking God's presence in the Psalms. We called that series Selah and a pause to be with Jesus, but the power of rest and the power of resting in his presence. Then we moved in outward to a series called Kingdom Love. How do we love our neighbors by sharing the gospel of the kingdom? We talked about tools and examples of how to share our faith, like if you remember the three circles diagram that we uh, shared with you to use. And we also had a number of testimonies in that series. Then we came back uh, and looked at the book of James. And uh, that's a challenging book, a punch in the gut, so to speak. And uh, we learned how to walk the talk of an authentic life with Christ. There's, I can't tell you how many young people they see the lack of authenticity a mile away. And how many young people have turned from the faith because they don't have authentic Christ followers near them who are in our imperfection, in our sinfulness, still walking the talk with Jesus. And that was our anthem for that that series. And then we closed uh, with our Advent series on the book of Ruth, which was a real blessing and blessed all of our families uh, last Sunday. Uh, So that's been our teaching uh, this year. We also had a really strong year of training. So we believe in training. We have a lot of training going on in the church. If you want to know more about prayer and praying for other people, Saturday, January 18th, we're going to train prayer people. But what did we do last year? We had 14 families trained in parenting seminars. We had 16 families that were enriched by attending uh, our family camp in July. We prepared uh, four premarital couples for marriage. We added 10 new families to our congregation. Uh, We are growing in kingdom generosity and we are growing outward in our focus and impact. And here's just one measure of what that is looking like. So Mark will talk about our finances later in the section but for the last two years we've been trying to uh, just see God has been moving in in what we call our missions giving and we have two types of missions giving whenever you give to Marymount 
uh, 14% of everything you give goes to missions. And that's that first, if you look at 2019, that's the $106,000 we spent in missions out of our giving of 756. But then we have donor-directed giving, which allows uh, our congregation to make a gift to a ministry that they're really passionate about. Maybe you're passionate about the the Heidenreich's ministry in training disciple-making movements or in the Shell Houses ministry or in the, the Baker's ministry in, among college students where you can send a, a special gift directly to MCC for that. And we had $129,000 given that way, which if you add it to the 106 that we committed as a budget into missions, it results in a total missions giving of 235000 or almost 27% of everything that is given by our congregation, that is producing kingdom impact all around the world and all around the city of Cincinnati. And uh, you ought to be really encouraged because generosity is one of those things that is the way of Jesus. He gave everything he's got, and we have that privilege. So our kingdom footprint... Uh, we don't just measure attendance on Sunday and our giving on Sunday, but we're trying to measure as much as the Lord lets us see what the impact of what we're doing is around the world. And I have really good news for you guys. It may not seem like it in America, but the gospel of Jesus is raging all over the world. It's raging all over the world. And that's why this missions piece is is important because only about 3% of all mission money spent by churches is going to unreached people. Now, that's not the case with our budget, but that's the the total stat. And yet, uh, 40 years ago, North America and Western Europe represented 80% of the church. Now, 40 years later, today... North America and Western Europe represent 20% of the church. So in the last 40 years, there's been a a massive turning to God in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Massive. Massive to the point where there has never been a time in world history where Muslims are coming to know Jesus as their Savior than right now. Right now. Yes. We should clap... And you are involved in that because in Nigeria, among Muslims, 550 became new believers in Jesus last year, and 17 new churches were planted. There are new disciple-making strategies being implemented in Nepal with our partner Silas Kadka, and in the Middle East uh, with Dave Heidenreich, who's training believers all through the Middle East. The fastest-growing church in the world right now is in Iran. They're a population of 57 million, and there are now 2 million plus following Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we are a part of that through the training efforts of the Heidenreich ministry and and others. The prayer covenant that we use to charge up our prayer lives is being used by two new churches in Mexico as a result of our mission trip there last week, covering another seven or 800 people. We have leadership servants in the church who are either leading ministries. So we have uh, members of our congregation who lead ministries. uh, And we also have members of our congregation who are on the boards of ministries. They're impacting 20 ministries that have local and national reach. In South Africa, with the HIV AIDS ministry, we had almost 100 new believers last year. These are high school students who make a vow of sexual purity, first and foremost to please the Lord, and secondly, so they don't get AIDS. And uh, these courage groups, they're called, are growing. They have two new schools and 95 new commitments for Christ last year. Zeke and his ministry to help pregnancy health centers uh, coordinate regional strategies all over the U.S. We are making national impact on reducing abortions. Uh, we served 82 Thanksgiving meals with New Mission. Hundreds of other families have been served locally. Thousands of college students are impacted nationally, uh, not only by the ministry of Royce and Liz Baker uh, here at uh, 
the University of Cincinnati in Northern Kentucky and Xavier, but by Roger Hershey and Jay Wilson all over the country. Uh, we have hundreds uh, uh, of families impacted by city gospel mission in Cincinnati, and dozens of international leaders were trained by Dave and Pam Ping uh, in their school of service ministry. So there's now 96 graduates of that training, no, sorry, graduates of that training in 96 countries uh, spreading the gospel that way through. So this is just a small look at the impact that our ministry of prayer and giving and going is having. And so I want you to open your uh, program and um, I want you to um, look on the right, on the inside right, Ministry Partners 2020. And um, we're going to pray for our ministry partners. So this section, you're going to pray for ministry partners one through five. And you can even do it by row, one, two, three, four, five. You're, so you pray for that, those guys. Uh, here, this group, we're going to pray for partners 6 to 10. Over here from 11 to 15. And over here from 16 to 20. And you may not know these people. That's okay. God knows them. Uh, what we're going to pray for is we're going to pray for vision, for the empowering of the Holy Spirit from above, and for them to experience the presence of God. All right? So I'm just going to give you a minute to do that. You can pray out loud. God hears it all. And uh, let's just lift up our missionaries for vision, for the Holy Spirit, and for God's presence. Father, we thank you for these missionaries. We thank you for their heart for you. We thank you for their impact in Africa and Mexico and Asia and Israel and, uh, Lord, all over the United States. We thank you, Father, especially for those that are part of our congregation. And, Father, we lift up then uh, the ministry uh, of uh, Dave and Pam Ping, uh, in Equipping Ministries International, Royce and Liz Baker with Campus Crusade. Uh, Father, we lift up Kent and Jill Shellhouse and Michael and Bryn Kelly. We ask for all of these missionaries, Lord, to have your vision for their ministry in 2020, to have your Holy Spirit uh, to empower them from above, and to have your presence as they walk day to day, protect their families, raise up all the resources they need, and encourage them, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Now, with all that said, what is our number one opportunity as we look ahead to 2020? And we keep coming back to God's presence. We have noticed God's presence growing in our worship services on Sunday morning. We have noticed God's presence growing in our prayer nights and our worship nights. We've noticed God's presence in the testimony that you are giving. And so our number one opportunity is to live in love in God's presence this year. And what that looks like is knowing and loving God in our alone time, being still with him and practicing his presence. In being expectant and we, when we gather in, in small groups or in our worship times, that he's here. He's here with us and to encourage us and transform us to practice his presence in how we love and serve others, in how we share the life that we have found in Jesus with other people contagiously as ambassadors and in boldly inviting people to follow Jesus. He, he commanded us to make disciples and he is, uh, he is with us and will never forsake us. And so that's our number one opportunity as we go forward next year is to build on what he's doing and emphasize God's presence. So if we look at our vision statement and our strategy, let's briefly look at that. 
we're going to modify our vision statement from living and loving in Jesus to living and loving in the presence of Jesus. It was intended all along, but we're realizing that to be aware of God's presence, we have to be talking about it, asking for it, thinking about it, practicing it, because the enemy wants to distract us from everything but that. But that is where life is. That is where life is. Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai with no food and no water at the age of 80 after climbing up the mountain. And he did it twice, not once, twice, 40 days. What God was showing us is that his presence is all we need because he himself is life. His words are life. So we practice his presence. We receive his life. And that is, that is the heart of God, for, is to occupy our lives. He wants to invade and dwell in our lives. He wants to be with his people. That's you and you and you and me. He wants to fill us with his presence. So our vision is unchanged. It's that the Father, go back, the Father would be glorified as His kingdom advances here and globally. The Son on the left, Jesus, would be obeyed and disciples would be multiplying and they would be building strong families. And then the Holy Spirit would move us to invite and challenge each other in the Spirit, in grace and truth over time that one day He would have all of us, all of us, and that we would then have a ministry that would look like the Apostle Paul's ministry of working tirelessly until Christ is fully formed in each one of us. That's the goal. Now, how do we do that? We do that in his presence, and we are patterning off a story in Luke chapter 6 where Jesus goes up on the mountain and prays all night. That's his up life, the life of vertical communication with Father, uh, with hearing his direction, with receiving his grace, with connecting relationally and knowing the Father. And our, our goal in this up life is to be in his presence, hear his voice, and to know his love, to experience his love that is unending, unchanging, and then... The in life is where Jesus comes down from the mountain and appoints his apostles and creates his little community of 12. And they begin to do life together and they become a community of love and acceptance because they're in the presence of Jesus. And so this, what he got from the Father, he now shares within the community. That's us. That's our our Sunday gatherings, that's light bites, that's small groups, that's families getting together, that's people taking meals, that's all the, the stuff of the in life where we love each other so well that the world looks at that and says, I would like a piece of that. And then, and only then, we move out into the outward focus where we are interacting with people all around us and we're bringing bold kingdom love. We are uh, bringing that to all who are far away from him. That includes Buddhists and Muslims and people who have totally different backgrounds than us because we're carrying his presence. And so if you think about it, the up part, we got a testimony on that last week from Amy because she was saying after the death of her husband and two daughters in a fire eight weeks ago, she was saying, I know him. That's all I've got some days, but I know him. This is what it means to have an up life, to know Christ and to know his love for you that is demonstrated on the cross and is demonstrated in his available presence to us every day, every moment, anywhere, anytime. And then the in life where we gather in morning worship and we celebrate him. And then the out life where we go out and we carry the kingdom. 
When you or I walk into a room, it should be obvious, whoa, that we're carrying the kingdom of God. It should be obvious. It should be obvious because we've spent time privately with him and we know him. We've spent, spent time together. We've been recharged in his word. And now we're carrying this with us. And that means noticing, praying, uh, serving, encouraging other people. And yes, telling them the good news. Telling them the good news of what Jesus did for us and for them. So, presence, presence, presence. And I'm going to have Jamie come up now and take that into a little bit more specificity. Good morning. Okay, so I was just thinking through, okay, practically, what does that look like, right? What does that mean for us to say, okay, we're going to be about presence in 2020? What, what would we do in the calendar of our year as a church family to say that we're focusing on the presence of God? So I've just been thinking about that. And this last week, I was literally washing my hands right in that bathroom over there, washing my hands, just thinking. And I heard, because I was asking the question, what is it? What's the practical application, like for Jamie, for his family, for MCC, for us? What are we going to do? And I heard this phrase. The phrase was, be selfish. And I was washing my hands, and I thought, what? What does that mean? Be selfish. And then I heard, by seeking joy in 2020. So literally, washing my hands, soap. Be selfish by seeking joy. And I was reminded of two scripture passages. First one is Psalm 105.4. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. It's a command to seek after, to go for, to um, think about. When your mind is wandering, where does your mind wander? That's what you're seeking after, right? That we'll be seeking his presence continually. And then the next psalm, which is Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. It's talking to God, the psalmist is. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Net Bible uh, translates this. I experience absolute joy in your presence. I experience absolute joy in your presence. You see, all of us are being selfish. And by that, we're going after something that satisfies us. Right? It could be a book. It could be a movie. It could be relationships. It could be pleasures. Things we consume. We're all selfish. We're all trying to get something that brings us joy. Right? Yes. So why not be selfish and go after the one thing that will actually satisfy us? Why, why not say, okay, I tried this thing and it doesn't satisfy me. Like I consumed this thing and it made me feel good for five minutes and then I crashed. So why don't I be selfish and actually go after the one thing that will satisfy me? And his name is Abba Father. God, you and I have been created to be satisfied and to enjoy God. That's what we're created for. And we run around like little chickens with their heads cut off. Oh, I want to read this book. This is amazing. Eventually it won't satisfy you. And that's not a bad thing, right? Reading's not a bad thing. So the encouragement is to be selfish about satisfying your joy in Abba Father through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we go to broken cisterns. That's how the Old Testament talks about it. We go to broken cisterns and we'll drink that water and we think it's life-giving and it actually kills us on the inside. So to be selfish, that's what it means to go after the presence of God, is to be selfish. If he has infinite joy and absolute joy, I'm going to go after him in 2020. A little no-name author named C.S. Lewis <laughs> wrote these words. It's in his book, The Weight of Glory. If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition 
when infinite joy is offered us. We're like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Abba has a table of joy and delight and peace, what will actually satisfy us. And because of addiction and because of sin in our life, we will sit on the side and make little mud pies and eat them thinking that they satisfy us. I've done it. I've done it in 2020. It's only been a couple of days, right? I'm sitting here making a mud pie and jamming it in my face and Abba is going, I've made a table of delight. You can be with me. And I'm like, no. How about in 2020, we run hard after God? How about we run after him as hard as we can? Why? Because we're selfish and we want real joy. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Going after the presence of God. Because that's actually what we're created for. We actually experience real joy and real peace. So. Here's a list of calendar items. I'm calling them selfish initiatives. <laughs> like things that we're going to do as a church family to satisfy ourselves in Abba and Jesus and the Spirit of God. Some of this is tentative. Some of this is pretty solid. But I'm just going to quickly go through. Starting this month, we're moving to two worship gatherings, worship nights a month on Wednesday nights, the second Wednesday and the fourth Wednesday. January 12th, we'll start a new sermon series on Jonah, uh, looking at what does it look like when you run from God's presence and from God's calling in your life. It's going to be fun. Uh, January 18th, Dennis mentioned this. That's a Saturday. We're going to have training for prayer servants. It's also going to be a makeup training for our small group leaders. So remember when we looked at James and uh, I said that James is picturing normal church includes divine miraculous healing. Remember when we talked about that? Like normal church, according to James, is you confess your sins to one another and people are divinely healed. That training, if you want to know, how do I pray for people and see them healed? How do I hear God's voice? How, how do I actually do these things come January 18th? It's going to be great. Saturday. February 9th, we're going to start a sermon series that's going to be awesome. It's in First John. Uh, John, in, the, in his first letter, he ends the letter and he says, Little children, keep yourself from idols, is what he says. And it's such a weird phrase, right? And you think about how do we apply that uh, in Marymount, Ohio in 2020. So we're going to look at the idols of our culture and how the gospel of Jesus is better than those things. Like how Jesus is better than keeping up an image and approval and getting everybody to like you, right? And how Jesus is better than having control o over every circumstance in your life. The idols in our culture that we are consumed by. Women, we're going to have a women's retreat February 28th and 29th. A chance for our women to gather and to learn. What does it mean to practice the presence of God? What does it mean to be with him? February 15th, we'll have small group leaders training. That's going to be about once every quarter. We'll be doing those. Easter Sunday, April 12th. Then we'll start a sermon series on Acts, um, which is looking at the early church and saying, okay, what are the spiritual disciplines? If we're going to practice the presence of God, what are the actual things we would do during the week, daily, monthly, annually? What are these spiritual disciplines that help us practice the presence of God? That's in the spring. Flying Pig, Bacon Station, May 3rd. Uh, end of May, we have Summer Vision Sunday. So another one of these kinds of services, just renewing vision for the fall. Uh, we're looking at a student uh, mission trip to Mexico, June 16 to 23rd, to extend the presence of God uh, internationally. June 21st, a covenant sermon series. All the covenants that are found in Scripture, we're just going to walk through those. The covenants are God saying, this is, I want to be with you. I want to be your God. You're going to be my people, and I want to dwell with you. I want to be present with you. So we're looking at the covenants found in Scripture. It's God's desire to be with us. July 10th and 11th, family camp, as families gather together. 
July 12th, we'll start a a series on the life of David, just looking at the narrative life of David, how this, this is a man after God's own heart, what his life teaches us about practicing his presence. Oh, yeah. In the fall, study of the attributes of God, which I can't wait. Studying the attributes of God. Who is this God that we worship? Do we actually know him? A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about you is what enters your mind when you think about God. Sorry, that was the boom sound that I just made. The most important thing about you and me is what goes through our mind when we think about God. That's what that series is going to be about. Who do we worship? Who is this God? Men's retreat in October. In December, we've got tree lighting. Advent, caroling, Christmas Eve, family blessing. So these are selfish initiatives. These are things that we're doing as a church family, not because we want to fill our schedules, but because we want to experience God together as a family. So last slide, just reminding you of this passage, Psalm 1611. So very practically, I just want to encourage everybody, why not this year go as hard as you can after God? Why not? Because all that other stuff, it ain't been working for you. Y'all, y'all hear me? It hasn't been working for me. So why not go hard after him? Every day, every month, 2020. That's what it means to go after his presence in 2020. So let's read this passage, Psalm 16. Let's read it together and just let the words sink into your mind. Let's read together. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to pray, and then Mark is going to come up and finish us up. Let's pray. Father, thank you. (laughs) Thank you that you have created us to be with you, and that you are a good father. And you are so good that even when we were enemies of yours and when we are rebellious, you have not left us as enemies But you have come, God with us, Emmanuel. You have come to be with us and to restore us to yourself. And Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your obedience. We thank you that you were always present with everyone you came into contact with. And that you gladly died on the cross that our rebellion and sin would be exchanged for your righteousness. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the indwelling presence of the Father and the Son within us by faith. And we ask, Father, Son, and Spirit, I bless my church family. And I ask for supernatural hunger in every one of us for more of Abba, Father. And I ask for a zeal and an obsessive desire for the glory of Jesus for every single one of us. And I ask for a submitted heart that is yielded to the leading of the Holy Spirit in all of us in 2020. We want joy, which means we want you, Abba. So we ask you to come. And walk with us in the cool of the day. We are your people. You are our God. Come and dwell among us. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, Continuing in the presence of God, we're going to look at our financial picture as a church. And uh, what we have here is uh, our giving and our expenses for uh, this coming year, 2020. Our year just closed, 2019, and the previous two years. So um, when you look at the spending side, uh, by the way, this year we budgeted for 730000 And uh, thanks to God, we underspent... And thanks to your generosity, God working in you and some other factors, uh, we were blessed on the revenue side. And so uh, here we go. Uh, When I write the checks uh, each week, each month, 
there are certain things that are very, very predictable, like given to missions, that is a do not change. It just goes right to our mission partners. Staff salaries, predictable every month. One thing I found that's very large and looming and unpredictable is building maintenance costs, particularly keeping air conditioning and heating systems working. We had quite a bit of difficulty in uh, 2017 and 2018, which made these numbers bigger than, we, than I had hoped. We were predicting that continued trend line, but God blessed us with great reliability. So I believe that God is sovereignly orchestrating the affairs of the universe, even our heating and air conditioning. For some reason, he blessed us greatly this year. We're not hoping, we're not predicting that that will continue, but, uh, but praise the Lord if it does. On the giving side, another thing that contributed here was the preschool makes a contribution each year towards the church to help cover some of the facility costs. And they had a very uh, good financial year, and they gave a lot more than they've ever given. We're not expecting that to continue into next year. So we're budgeted uh, this this current year for 765. All right, and the the, uh, amount that we would like each family to know about is to support our budget, about $5,000 per household, but give, give generously as the Lord leads you. Moving on to the next, uh, we're striving here at MCC to make disciples who make disciples. And if something is worth doing, it's worth measuring. And three years ago, we put a system in place called an annual discipleship survey. And you all have participated. I'm here to ask you, please participate again. We want 100% participation, 100%. If you're visiting today, you're invited to participate in the discipleship survey and find out what we really care about here at this church. All right? So uh, we're asking you to start today or any day up until January 19th. Please don't wait till the 18th or 19th. Start today. And you can go on to our website, which is marymontchurch.org, and you'll find a button right front and center in our homepage that says Take Survey. You click on that button, it'll take you to the survey. Here's what you need to know about the survey. This is our fourth year. There are 42 questions. It takes most of us about 20 minutes. Some of you, you know who you are. You can get this thing done in 10 or 15 minutes. Some of you, you like to take longer and really you know, ponder your answers. Uh, You can take as long as you want, but for most of us, it's about 20 minutes. You can take the survey anonymously. So if you like that, please take it anonymously. Question 42, you'll be invited to put your name in there. It helps us to see individual names and see which ones of our people, how are they contributing to uh, progress we're making. So uh, it's helpful to us if you agree to put your name in the survey. All right? So that's all I have. 100% participation. Got it? Participate. Another opportunity for you to participate is in the question, who are these people? You come in here every Sunday, and you see all these people, and you're probably thinking, who are these people? Well, look at the other side of the sanctuary. Those people over there are looking at you saying, who are those people? And there's something that we might be able to do about that. Uh, We're going to do our best to put together a simple photo directory. So we're trying to do it fast and easy, not make it a big production, no Olin Mills. But for you to uh, submit your photograph by either of two methods, the preferred method is number one, that you would go also onto our website, find the button there, and it says photo directory or pictorial directory. When you click on that, it'll take you to a Google Drive and you could upload a photo of yourself from your cell phone or from your PC. And there's a little uh, document in there with a step-by-step instruction how to do that for uh, those of us who are a little bit technology challenged but willing to try. So that's uh, option number one preferred. Option two is Faith George, who is out there in the lobby right now. You could go out there right now and say, Faith, please take my photo. She'll snap a quick photo and put it in the Google Drive for you. So I want you in my directory. I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you in my directory. So please participate.
Yes. Uh, it's individuals, and it's uh, adults. So, yes, thank you for uh, filling in that blank that I should have filled in. That We're looking for regularly attending adults, but if this is your first Sunday, your second Sunday, and you think, I'm going to become a regular, please put your photo in the directory. All right. Thank you, Mark. All right. So we're going to wrap up with just a couple of next steps and some prayer, and then Mark's going to come back and do the security uh, drill with us. But I, I just want to show you a, a very simple thing. You, you can fit yourself... Uh, into these uh, categories maybe, but this is how we think about it uh, here uh, in the stages. Next one there. So this is a very simplified version of the stages of faith. Uh, you, you may be a seeker. You're here. Uh, you're not sure. You're asking questions about Jesus. You're taking some steps to learn. You're listening to some sermons. You're meeting some people. So you, you're a seeker, but you haven't you haven't landed on that place of faith yet. You are welcome here. Uh, we love it that you're here. And we want you to know that we want to do everything possible to answer your questions. Now, the day you become a believer is when you place your faith in Jesus. You, you trade your sin for what Jesus did on the cross and his righteousness. And you become uh, a follower of Jesus who's... Uh, bound for eternal life. That, that we call a believer, and you've received forgiveness for your sin, like we sung this morning. The next stage after that is that Jesus uh, calls us to be disciples. And that means uh, to be a disciple is you're organizing your entire life around Jesus. Your finances, your relationships, your service, everything that you're doing and you've become, in that sense, you've become a disciple. You've been baptized, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are uh, walking with Jesus. And then the last stage is you begin to figure out how to help other people become disciples who can help others. So you become a discipler or a disciple maker. So this is a very simplified uh, next step. But uh, we're going to be looking next week, starting chapter 1 of Jonah. You can read chapter 1 this week and ponder that. But there, here's a guy who ru- was in the church and ran away from God. And we're going to see how God loves people like that and how God's grace works and what an invitation it is for us to take a next step. So the whole reason for this Vision Sunday is to literally think about taking a next step. How will I practice the presence of God this week? Where am I going to have my quiet time? Where am I going to hide my phone while I do my quiet time? How does God want to grow me this year? Uh, Where can I serve and bless others? Do I have a solid community to help me grow? Or who can I invite to follow Jesus? So these are just some questions that may be rattling around your brains right now as we come to a close this morning. So I'm going to have you stand up, and uh, it's, it's a very simple thing. We're just going to hold our hands open. Hold our hands open in a posture of receiving. And we're just going to ask God to give us what, we, what He wants to give us this year. So Father, I thank You for Your faithfulness. And Lord, as we now extend our hands to You, we're simply saying... Uh, that we invite you to fill us with your presence, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to teach us to practice your presence, to lead us, Lord, in, in those decisions of where to invest our time, where to invest our money this year, how to prioritize all the different things in our lives, the things that you want us to quit, stop, the things you want us to start, the things you want us to continue. Uh, Lord, we, we don't know, but we know that you know. So uh, we stand here in a posture of receiving, and we ask you to pour out your spirit on each one of us to direct us and guide us for 2020 to be a year we give to you uh, for your glory, for the benefit of others around us, uh, Father, and uh, we receive whatever you want. Change us any way you want. Fill us any way you want. Direct us any way you want. We're available. 
And we thank you. And we're amazed that you would use people like us to further your purposes on the earth. But we welcome it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's uh, the next to last thing. And Mark's going to lead us through the last thing. All right. Thank you, Dennis. This will be the uh, fourth or fifth time we've done a security drill here at Marymount Church. So we're building up our muscle memory to have a plan what to do in the unlikely event of a threat of violence coming to the doorstep of Marymount Community Church. So the elders and the staff think this is a very low probability thing. Uh, Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So our elders prayed for several months, two years ago, came to the conclusion that we should make a plan of preparation. So here, we're going to do a simulation, and during today's simulation, here's some of our goals. We're going to move at half speed today. So also, we want no injuries or property damage today. If you had to break over chairs, throw chairs to uh, deal with a threat of violence to save your life. In the real situation, please do that, but not today. All right? Take your belongings with you today. So your coat, your books, please take them with you today. But otherwise, when it's a real uh, event, get out. Don't worry about your coat. Don't worry about your Bible. Get out. All right, next slide. Here is a diagram of this sanctuary. So you can see the chairs in the upper left. You can see the stage where I'm standing. And you see two green areas where you can shelter in place. And then in a moment, I'm going to go through some red arrows where you can exit. So the two shelter-in-place places are the music closet up here. So you could go in there and pull the doors closed and locked and shelter in place. The same thing for the chair closet which is uh, back there behind Gary and Sandy. Uh, There's a closet back there. You can go in there and shelter in place. Uh, In terms of exiting this sanctuary, there are four doors in and out of the sanctuary. And this one is door number one. That one is door number two. Uh, Behind Gary and Sandy is door number three. And then here by Teresa, door number four, which is to the kitchen. I would predict, but you never know what's going to happen, that an act of violence might come through the lobby, door number one or door number two. So therefore, probably door number four is a default best choice. Also possible that if it gets a little backed up getting out through there is to go through door number three uh, behind Gary and Sandy. I'll show you that in a moment. So there's door number three. So going through the kitchen, five steps Uh, Then there's a stairwell, a door and a stairwell down to the left takes you out to the back parking lot. So that is a preferred exit through door number four. But if it gets back up in the kitchen, you can go out through the butler's pantry towards the front and go out of any, there's about four or five doors down at that end of the building that you can get out. Going through door number three, you could go out through there and down across the hall down the stairwell and then get to the back of the building and out. So that's going through door number three. Once you get to the bottom of the uh, stairwell by the kitchen and you go out through the door, you're going to see something that looks like the view here on the left, which is looking that way towards the elementary school. There's a crosswalk over to the elementary school. We would advise that there be a rally point at the elementary school cafeteria, and we have a key that we can get into there even on Sunday and uh, allow people to congregate there. So when you go across the parking lot, which is probably about 75 feet, there's some dumpsters over there in that brick wall, which is in the middle picture, that's there by the dumpsters, go behind the dumpsters up a stairwell, which is quite protected by brick and concrete. Then you get up into the front lawn and into the cafeteria down at that end. If there was danger coming from that direction, Our alternate rally point is at the Marymount Preservation Foundation, which is located about a half a block over there. So to get to that, you 
exit the building and head towards the tennis courts, Plainville, which is the street right in front of us. You cross Plainville right across from the tennis courts. That's the view on the left. And then you'll see a sidewalk go between the buildings down that sidewalk. And you get to a little oasis spot in the back on Maple Street, which is right by the Preservation Foundation. So, um, by the way, for sheltering in place, one thing new we've added that was suggested by many of you was uh, we have these little safety kits with Velcro. They're Velcroed on the walls. This one is from that shelter in place uh, location. It's got a tourniquet in here that if someone was bleeding badly, uh, it, you could use this tourniquet to save their life. The other thing is as you're going across towards the shelter, uh, towards the um, uh, rally point is to dial 911 and ask for assistance. Okay, so uh, next slide. So we're about to start, but first let's talk about um, uh, the rally point at the elementary school gym. Adults and children would normally rally at the elementary school cafeteria. Our staff and amazing volunteers will normally escort your child to the rally point. So please Go with the adults and get to the uh, rally point and expect that the teachers will get your child safely there. Today, we're only going to congregate in the rear parking lot, so we're going to go a third of the way to the rally point. Today, also, the children are practicing sheltering in place in their classrooms. And then finally, uh, take your checkout stickers for your child so you can claim your child after the drill. This is going to take about five minutes. Re-enter the building promptly to pick up your child, and we'll have some volunteers at all the entrances to let you back into our normally locked building. Does anyone have a question? Well, then with that, exit the building or go to a sheltering-in-place location. <laughs> 